0: Hi there. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. On today's show, I'm speaking with Sir Ken Robinson. He's the author of You, Your Child, and School, Navigate Your Way to the Best Education. Dr. Robinson is a New York Times bestselling author of The Element in Creative Schools, and this latest book is an essential book for parents to help their children get the education they need to live fulfilling, productive lives. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show Sir Ken Robinson.
1: Good morning. My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Well, I was very intrigued by your book. I wanted to find out first what led you to write
1: this. Well, you know, I've been involved in education for a long time, and I've spoken to lots and lots of people over the years. You know, who are parents with kids who are worried about what the right thing is to do for their children in education. They're increasingly concerned about what's going on in education more generally. And I am a parent. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've been through this with my wife. We have two of our own kids. My daughter who's 28 now is about to have a, our first grandchild
0: Aww, and,
1: you know people can talk about it. thank you you know people can talk about education you know in terms of national policies and and so on um, but for families these this is a real personal day-to-day matter we're talking about our kids and what they do every day when they put the backpacks on and head off to the school gate or you know if, if parents are homeschooled so it's a very personal it's like healthcare it's a very personal issue it's not an abstraction Yes, And I know lots of parents are concerned about it, so I wanted to provide, as best I can, you know, uh, parents with helpful information about what's going on in education, uh, about the choices they may face, and, and the base on which they might make them.
0: What I really enjoyed uh, reading in your material and in the book is that you understand that kids are undergoing a tremendous amount of stress. I know I have kids, and uh, one in particular is going through an enormous amount of stress, and um, why do you think that is?
1: The reasons for How old are your children, Janine? 18 and
0: 15.
1: Well, you know, teenagers have always, you know, gone through turbulent times. Oh, I mean, sure.
0: It's,
1: it's, it's, you know, as soon as we hit puberty and, and start heading through adolescence into teenage years and, and adult, young adulthood, you know, we've, we all go through that. And it's, it's part of the transition that's natural to human beings. And... Uh, so there's, there's, some, there's something old and something new about this. I mean, the old thing is that that's always been the case. But the kids are under particular pressures now that they live in a world that's, that's different from certainly people of my and most recent generations. <clears throat> One of them is that they live in a world of, of immersive social media. Yes. You know, and I'm not, I'm not somebody who wants to argue against the, the value of digital technologies. They've brought immense benefits. But like everything else, you can get too much of it. And the, you know, a lot of evidence that the obsessive amounts of time that some young people are spending on social media are, are, are counterproductive. You know, I'm, not, I'm not one of those campaigning against the importance of digital technology. They, they have great benefits, but too much time can be very counterproductive. And there's a lot of evidence that that's the case. And it's adding enormously to the stress of young people. Yes. Another factor is the pressure of testing and competition at school and the enormous amounts of homework people Huge. are often
0: yes. laboring
1: with. So the world around them is changing very rapidly, and often kids are more stressed than their parents recognize.
0: Well, I think it's important to not add extra stress on them. I know I was a terrible test taker. I bombed the SATs more than once, and um, I've seen the stress it's put on my girls. And I, you know, I always tell them, this is no prediction of your future success. Keep that in mind.
1: Well, I think you're exactly right to tell them that. And it's very important this that parents can become you know, part of the problem or they can help to mitigate the problem. Right. And part of what I've been concerned about in writing the book is to encourage parents in their, you know, I think, natural conviction that some of these pressures are misplaced on kids. The, this culture of testing that's been gaining ground over the past probably 20 years now uh, really is ineffective in most cases. It's not improving the life chances of our children. It's not improved the things it's meant to have improved. It's actually creating conditions where kids are reluctant to to go to school and to learn, and, and teachers don't like it either. People are pushing back against it. Yes. And so what I've tried to do in the book is say, well, what counts as a good education? And 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 you know, our, our parents' right to be concerned about these things, and they are. So I, I wanted to encourage them to believe that and to show what the options are.
0: So. If you're offering advice to some parents when they're trying to choose schools for their children, what what kind of things would you say to them?
1: Well, I should say too, it's not just my advice. What I've tried to do in the book is to collate advice from all kinds of quarters. Okay. Uh, on, for, I mean, to give you an example, you know, a lot of parents are worried about bullying, and they're right to be. And that there's that there's a sense in which bullying is, you know, is also part of the rites of passage. It's not good, and nobody's approving of it, but it's been around for as long as there have been young people and you know I mean if you want a recent example just re-watch Back to the Future you know yes. <laughs> it's all there and Mean, and mean Girls you know it's,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's, it's it's as ancient as time itself in human history. Um, it doesn't make it good and and parents need strategies to deal with that. The thing is there is a, a new twist to it now which is through online or cyberbullying, which can be even more toxic because it's it can be anonymous so th- there's a new twist on that. So what I've tried to do there is, I'm not claiming to be an expert in all of these things, but I've tried to gather together expertise from many sources, and you know, there's a lot of good advice out there about if you suspect your child is being bullied, about how you might deal with that and how you can talk to the school about it. And, of course, it's always, it's always important to recognise that bullies have parents, so uh, you may be a parent whose child is the bully, and, and then what do you do, and, and what might be the, the cause behind that. So, so I've been, I'd say the... My aim in the book is to be as practical as possible uh, to set out the core principles and then say, "Well, what follows from that?" I'm always very keen as well to say, "J, I haven't set myself up in the book as some super parent. I 'm not trying sure. to say, look, just t- trust me, you know I've got this down <laughs> i have I have two, two grown-up kids with internet connections, so I 'd be a fool <laughs> making <laughs> false claims like that. you know we've we've all been there and all made these mistakes yes but but I've taken it step by step and said, well, the first thing is to look at your own children and what their differences are and what their talents and interests may be and to make sure they're being treated as individuals. And then to talk a little bit about what all kids go through in the natural course of development. And they take account of all of that. You know, when children grow up, they go through an extraordinary metamorphosis. They, they grow physically. Intellectually, they grow emotionally and socially, they, they, and they, they develop spiritually. Yes. Education has to be part of that process. It mustn't counteract it. And a lot of education has become very sedentary and rather cerebral. And we're seeing uh, restrictions being placed on recess, for example, even for young children, on physical education programs. I think it's all wrong. And, it is and wrong. And parents would be right to push back against that.
0: I agree with you completely because, um, you know, I, I believe with all the stress they do have, they need time to let loose and have, you know, unstructured play and just have fun and not think about academics.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, if, if people listening to this ask themselves how much time they spent when they were younger playing, I mean, how much time did you spend as a child playing? A lot. Outside?
0: A lot. I, yeah. I lived in New York. I used to go roller skating, go to the park. I mean, I was constantly moving.
1: Yeah. And, and, and you needed to, didn't you? And that's all part of the oh, joy and pleasure of growing up. Yes. And there's a difference, you know, between... I'm involved in a global campaign at the moment to reinstate the importance of play and the phrase we found ourselves using I mean, parents used to us is real play and and what what that means is not not outdoor activities organized by an adult you know where you have Parents standing on the touchline holding the, your child's kit screaming instructions at them. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, mean, right. I mean, that can be good too. I'm not knocking it, you know, but, but but not just that. I mean, kids just need time to be kids. They to go out and run around and make things up and do skipping games and all the stuff kids have always done until relatively recently. And kids spend much less time now doing that because, have, because there's a lot more going on indoors and because parents are worried about letting them out and I then know. there's all the homework. So... Play is very important and Free play, even more so, and being outdoors, you know, and breathing the air. I mean, I, I know you breathe the air of New York, which isn't exactly, no, but I was, was breathing awful. the air of Liverpool. That wasn't much better, frankly. No? <laughs> but at least it was air, you know? <laughs> you know,
0: I'm I'm smiling listening to you talking about letting kids play freely, and I'm thinking, okay, 2018, a mom or a dad saying, look out, watch out, don't get hurt, here's some antibacterial you know, <laughs> stuff for know. your hand. I mean, we, there's just too much. You just need to let them get messy and figure it out and have fun and... Let them ha- have yes. their downtime alone.
1: Well, if you don't let them fall down and hurt themselves from time to time, if you're constantly cosseting them, then they'll never learn to be independent. And that's just the fact. And of course, the problem is it's partly the parents have become overprotective, and the oh, way I that agree. they weren't protected, I don't know what they think is going to happen. Um, you know, and if kids do fall down and hurt themselves from time to time, well, it's going to happen, you know, and, and it'll. You know, I mean, nobody's suggesting you set your kids loose on the freeway, you know, to go and play tag. I mean, I'm not talking about that. You know, there are are sensible boundaries that every caring parent would want to set. But you can overreach these boundaries and reach the point where your child is unable to move. You know, we wrap them up in cotton wool. It's not good for them. And, of course, it's compounded often now with the fear of litigation in, in public systems. You know, so kids are being subjected to ridiculous constraints very often by rules that schools are having to work under. You know, yes. so I, I think it's important to push back against this. Kids do need room to breathe and to grow. And, and that's also part of the reason to have a good partnership with the school.
0: Fantastic. I know we only have a few more minutes, but what are some takeaways you would like people to have from your book?
1: Well, firstly, that the, the sort of education that parents had themselves, you know, will, you know, may or may not be the kind of education their children need these days. It depends. I mean, education has to look two ways. It has to look inward to each child and their unique talents and abilities. And we want schools and systems of education which take proper account of that. But we also have to take account of the world around us. Obviously, parents are very concerned about the children's future prospects. And you've only got to look at the changes over the past 10 years since the development of smartphones to see how much the world can be transformed by technology. And the the years ahead will be even more transformative. It's why it's important to look hard at the quality and, and vibrancy of the experiences kids have in the present. So that's important, to think about the, the real purpose of education, why we're doing it. And I've got a big section in the book about that, which I hope will be helpful. And the second is to realize that everyone's situation is different. Of course, some people live in affluent suburbs with paid help, and others live in, in difficult neighborhoods on, on, on very tight incomes. So the book, you know, the recommendations have to be tailored to where you are, and that's also what I've tried to do in the book. But overall, I want parents to understand that they have more power and influence over their children's education than they may imagine. And there are a lot of practical steps they can take to make sure the kids get the kind of education they want and that they need.
0: Now, where can people find out more about you and the book?
1: Uh, well, the, the book is available, you know, as I say, everywhere now. It, it's online, on the mm-hmm. usual online booksellers. It's also, you can get information through my own website, which is uh, com. That's S I R K E N. Robinson.com, uh, so kenrobinson.com. And there's a lot of stuff there I hope people will find helpful.
0: Fantastic. And you got some great praise for the book. Uh, Brenny Brown is one of them. I, I was reading that. Congratulations. It's, it's a wonderful book.
1: Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: If you missed any part of this, it will be up on the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. And if you want to follow the show, I am on Twitter at moms rock.